A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. Welcome back to A Word for Today. It's Wednesday the 6th of January, and we are looking at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. We're looking at it because we want to see what the Bible tells us, what the living God tells us in the management of our lives. How do we live God-honoring lives in this God-rejecting world if we are Christian believers? And this is what Proverbs is teaching us. Let me read you those verses now. Proverbs 3, 9-10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. As we began to look at this yesterday, we saw that um, managing our lives in a God-honoring way is not about balance. It's about the recognition of the priority that everything belongs to God. Everything under the whole heaven is God's and we have to start by recognizing that. And that applies to not just our money, but our time and our energy and our gifts and our resources. But it is a, a, sounds like a risky way of living, doesn't it? Giving everything to God, giving God um, the first fruits of everything that we have. But I want you to see now that there is an amazing promise in this verse. And that promise is in verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. It's obviously um, a metaphor. It's a picture of storehouses, say a farmer's storehouses, filled to the top, filled to overflowing, uh, possessing uh, an over-sufficient abundance of what it needs. And verse 10 goes on, and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's overflowing with new wine. It's a generous picture, isn't it, of the wonderful provision of God. And that is the promise that sits at the heart of this command, how to manage our lives by giving God the first fruits of all that we have. God is no man's debtor, and the Bible makes that very clear. Uh, later on in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 11, verses 24 to 25, we're told this, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. There we have some God economics. It's a reverse of anything that could be uh, logically or rationally explained. Giving freely means growing richer, and withholding what you should give means suffering want. That's what the verse is saying. That idea is carried on elsewhere in the Bible, in many places actually. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, God says this, Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. That's, by the, by the way, something that the Bible commands us never to do. We are not to put God to the test. And yet here we have God himself saying, Put me to the test. And then he goes on to say this, If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing, until there is no more need. There is God giving that amazing promise. That uh, idea of opening the windows of heaven is only used in one other place in the Old Testament, and that's when the flood came, when God opened the windows of heaven and flooded the whole earth. 
and it's a picture of superly over-sufficient, abundant blessings pouring out from God to those who are generous, to those who, in the context of Malachi, the Old Testament context, keep up the payment of tithes. Of course, the payment of tithes now has been infinitely surpassed in the New Testament by the call, in a sense, to give all our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. But there is the principle in the Old Testament. We also see it in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 38, where Jesus said this, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. See, what it's saying is this, that when we honor God, we honor the one with infinite resources who can be trusted to take care of us. God's ability to give exceeds our ability to receive. Now, you may say, well, Charles, it sounds to me as if you're turning to the prosperity gospel. Well, no, we're not. But we mustn't let the prosperity gospel, which is a complete anti-gospel, but we mustn't let that uh, shy away from the promises of God that the Bible does contain. Not a mechanistic guarantee that if you give to God, he will always uh, give back uh, a hundredfold what you give him, but an important general principle that to give to the one who is infinite in the resources he earns is to invoke his blessing. Now, God may inflict need upon us as a discipline. Indeed, if we look on at the next two verses in this chapter of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it goes on to say, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves, and as a father, the son in whom he delights. So you see, um, uh, the converse is true. If we withhold from God what is his due, then we can expect to suffer want. The prophet Haggai said this in chapter 1, verses 4 to 6, a time when Israel was uh, very self-centered and uh, self-indulgent. And uh, the prophet said this, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house, he's referring to the temple, lies in ruins? Now therefore, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with pearls. What a, a dynamic description of inflation uh, that verse contains. So what we've seen is, according, coming back to Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, is a clear command to honor God with the first fruits of our wealth, to honor him generously, and the amazing promise that he is no man's debtor. But now we're left with the question, can we truly trust this promise? Sounds like a big call, doesn't it? We'll come back to this tomorrow. Heavenly Father, we do so want to live lives in ways that honor you, Please help us to see what you are saying to us and please help us to take it to our hearts and live it in our lives. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.